morning. Were you blessed and encouraged this morning? Would you say amen? And let's give another just praise for the University of Mobile. Amen and amen. Well, why don't you take your Bible this morning and find 2 Timothy in chapter number 2. 2 Timothy in chapter number 2. So grateful again with our relationship, our partnership with the university. And uh, just want to just say thank you, Voices, for coming and being with us. And that young man who led that uh, last song, Josh Bell. Uh, his father, Wes, and I were, he was one of, probably one of my dearest and best friends through college and seminary and our early days of ministry, both of us pastoring together in the South and just uh, one of my dearest and best friends and so very proud of his son, my friend Wes and Josh's dad's with the Lord now. He's in the presence of the Lord and I was just thinking in that song. I was thinking about that great reunion one day and uh, seeing our loved ones. Second Timothy, Second Timothy in chapter 2 talks about this passage that you and I are going to examine this morning talks about being a good soldier in God's army. And I'm so grateful that as a church, around Veterans Day and Memorial Day, just at different times of the year, we just recognize those people who have served our nation, protected our nation, even those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. I've just always had a special, really a place in my heart for those that have served our nation all through middle school and high school. I had every intention in joining the military and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to fly planes. But there was a couple of things that didn't allow me to do that. One is my eyesight is horrible. Number two, the Lord called me to the ministry. But I'm so grateful about the time I was a senior in high school as God began to kind of change, uh, Lord, change my plans to his plans is that I came across this particular passage of Scripture that strongly, that really greatly encouraged me because even though I wasn't going to join the military, I learned that as a child of God, a Christian, a Christ follower, that I would, uh, that I am a part of God's army. Now, God's army is very different than man's army. In fact, the human army just fights on a different plane. The human army fights on a physical plane where God's army battles on a spiritual plane. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians in chapter 6 and verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So God's army, you and I as soldiers in God's army, our battle is different. It's a spiritual battle. What you and I fight with is, is, the, is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have the shield of faith. We have the power of prayer. But you and I battle and fight on a different realm than human armies. The context of 2 Timothy is that the apostle Paul is writing to a young pastor. Throughout Paul's writings, he often refers to Timothy as his son in the ministry. His son. The apostle Paul was toward the end of his life. In fact, 2 Timothy was written in 67 AD. This is, by the way, the same year the apostle Paul would be beheaded for the sake of the gospel. The same year in which Paul himself would give his life for the cause of Christ, 
he penned this letter to his son in the ministry, the young Timothy. The apostle Paul was strong in the faith. He was disciplined and determined for all things concerning Christ Jesus. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it talks about, Paul says some of the things that, that he endured, that he went through. It tells us, I mean, on five different occasions, the apostle Paul endured 39 lashes. He was beaten with rods. He was nearly stoned to death. He was shipwrecked. I mean, throughout Paul's Life and the gospel, there's so much that he faced, so much that he endured. He was strong and determined in his faith. But he writes to a young pastor. Timothy was pastoring in Ephesus, by the way. And he was young. And he wasn't as strong. He wasn't as fearless. And he wasn't quite as faithful. So Paul writes to the young Timothy and he says to the young Timothy, you're going to face difficulty and you're going to be tempted to quit. You're going to be tempted as a soldier in God's army to leave the post. So Timothy is my son. Don't quit. Don't leave. Don't be discouraged. But keep on fighting. 2 Timothy chapter 2, just in reading and honor of God's word. Let's stand together. I'm going to ask maybe we turn the lights on the floor just up a little bit so we can see the scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me and the presence of many witnesses in trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. May God bless the reading of his word and you may be seated. And as I do every Sunday, I want to encourage you to take a pencil, take a pen. I want to encourage you to take some notes, something that you can perhaps take with you, maybe something you can share maybe later this week. But the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to underline that phrase as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. As a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Underline that phrase if you would. Because the, the army of the Lord is not a draft. Jesus doesn't force anybody to be a soldier. He doesn't force anyone to be saved. He doesn't force anyone to follow him. But once you make the decision to turn from your sin and to turn from your selfishness and you turn to Christ, there is no turning back. In fact, once you have enlisted in his army, you have pledged yourself to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The reason I ask you to underline that phrase is because I want you and I this morning, for the few minutes that we have, I want us to think about what it looks like to be a good soldier in God's army. What does it really look like? As Paul tells young Timothy, don't leave your post, don't go AWOL, but stay true, stay faithful as a good soldier. Well, what does that mean? Well, the first thing that I want you and I to think about is the motive. What, what, what is the motive of a good soldier? I mean, why should you 
strive to be a good soldier? Well, number one, because we are in a battle. We are in a battle against sin. We're in a battle against sin. Listen, immediately once you give your life to Christ, you need to understand that sin becomes your enemy. You and I will battle sin, and sin will drag you down. Sin will hurt you. Listen, you need to be afraid of sin. You need to run from sin. You need to reject sin because sin will hurt you. Sin will destroy you. Sin will destroy your testimony. It will destroy your home. It will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your effectiveness. It will wound you. It will put you on the sidelines and take you off the front lines. That's what sin does. You and I need to understand that as a soldier in every single day, we will battle sin. The enemy is sin. And you can't always see the enemy. You can't always hear the enemy. But the enemy is constantly working against us. And I don't know what your particular struggle is or your particular sin that maybe just is more difficult for you. But I want to give you two Good words of encouragement with regard to sin and your battle against sin each and every day. And the first bit of news I want to give you is the Bible teaches us regarding sin that Jesus is our advocate, that Jesus is praying for you. He's battling with you. He is with you and he is for you. You have an advocate in this battle, your battle against sin. And number two, here's what you need to know. You can overcome in, in Christ and through Christ, you can overcome sin. God's made provision and we can overcome. Why should you seek to be a good soldier in God's army? Number one, you battle sin. I battle sin. We are in a battle against sin. Number two, we are in a battle against Satan. And Satan is real. The Bible tells us that he is roaming this earth, looking, seeking to whom he may devour. The Bible tells us that Satan is not only real, but he's looking in your life to steal, to kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to rob from you. He wants to destroy your marriage, your home, your occupation, your entire life. That is his aim. If you are a child of God, if you're a Christian, Satan is after you. Now, the truth is, there is only one devil. There is only one Satan. But the Bible says there was a multitude that fell out of heaven with Lucifer. There are demonic forces at work. Now, listen carefully. I have a deep conviction. I have a deep belief that for every single one of us here in this building this morning, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, there is at least one demonic spirit that is assigned to you. I believe the devil, I believe that Satan is so evil, so wicked, so wants to destroy the life of every Christian. I believe that he has every Christian, he has at least one demon, demonic spirit assigned to every Christian. And these demonic spirits in the battle that we fight against is real. Listen, he uses demonic spirits to, to come against us, to come against you. 
There's the spirit of discouragement. There's the spirit of depression. There's the spirit of heaviness. There's the spirit of doubt. There's the spirit of fear. There's all kinds of demonic spirits that come against you and come against me in the Christian life. And he wants you to give up. He wants you to doubt God. He wants you to become discouraged. He wants you to, to quit. And as a good soldier, we need to have a healthy fear of Satan. And you need to know and understand his tactics. And by the way, for thousands of years, how the enemy works and how he attacks you and your life and your family hasn't changed. In fact, let's just, let's just get a little close this morning. This is going to help you. The old devil, he attacks primarily in two ways. Watch this, look up here. Here or here? Your mind or your heart? You see, the devil seeks to deceive our minds and discourage our hearts. I mean, that's been his tactic. That's been his strategy from the very beginning. When the old devil showed up in the garden, you know the story. He comes alongside Eve, Eve, darling, Eve, dear. Did God really say, hath God said that if you eat of that tree, you would surely die? Did God really say that? So Eve, the first strategy of the devil is to deceive the mind. The old devil will try to get you to believe some things that are not true about God. The old devil will try to get you not to believe, as we sung about this morning, the promises of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God. He will seek to deceive your mind or discourage your heart. I've said this to you many times as your pastor. The devil's number one tool in my life, devil's number one tactic in my life is discouragement. But that's his strategy. And you and I are in a battle, in a battle. You and I need to be good soldiers because we're in a battle each and every day against sin, against Satan. And we're in a battle over the souls of men. The Bible says that there's two great forces at work over the souls of every single person in this world. It's the power of God. It's the power of Satan. And the Bible says that there is a very real place called heaven. There is a very real place called hell. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 41. The Bible says this, and then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. This very real place called heaven, God created it, God made it for you and for me. The Bible says that God is not willing that none should perish, but that all come to everlasting life. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever, whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. God created this wonderful, marvelous place called heaven because God loves you and God wants you there with him. But there's also a very real place called hell. It's not created for people. The Bible is clear, you and I just read it, one reference, many others, that hell was not created for man, but was created for Satan, those demons. But for those who live this life in rejection of God, who refuse to trust and believe and accept in his son, the Lord Jesus, they will be forever separated from God in a very real place called hell. 
So why should you and I every day, why should you and I strive to be a good soldier for Jesus Christ? Because listen, we're in a war. There's a battle over sin. There's a battle against sin. There's a battle against Satan. And there's a battle for the souls of men and women and boys and girls. The very reason that Cottage Hill Church is here and the reason we do what we do and the reason nearly every single week we see baptisms is because our real work, our real battle, our real focus is over the souls of men and women. And that should be our focus. That should be our, our understanding as soldiers. But here's what Satan wants to do. He wants to hide that fact from your eyes. He wants you to not think about that. He doesn't want you to think about your neighbor and where they may spend eternity or your husband or your wife or your coworker or your friend. But we understand we're in a battle. This is war. This is declared war. Jesus said this, <clears throat> I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I love when you and I sing that together. I love <laughs> build your church, build your church, build it, build it from the ground up. The gates will not prevail. Gates are not offensive, gates are defensive. The church and the gospel and the calls of Christ is marching forward. They're in a battle against, listen, for the souls of men and women. And Jesus said the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail. That means that as we take the gospel, as we move forward as a church to reach this city, to reach this nation, to reach this world, that hell itself cannot stop us. Jesus said this. Jesus made this statement, I saw Lucifer fall from heaven like lightning. I saw the devil, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now I do believe that Jesus himself saw Lucifer when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven with that demonic horde. I believe that Jesus saw it, but the reference in which Jesus made that statement was this. Jesus gathered his disciples, he had taught them, he had trained them, he had given them the example, and he divided them up, and he sent them out. He said, I want you to go. I want you to go, and I want you to do just as I have shown you. I want you to teach repentance. I want you to teach the kingdom. I want you to cast out demons. I want you to heal the sick. And he sent them out, and they came back. And oh, I would love to have been there. I would have loved to have been there when they came back, and they're high-fiving one another. Jesus said, well, how'd it go? Lord, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. We touched people. We spoke, and they were healed. And there, many of them responded. They responded. They repented, and they turned. And they turned their eyes to God. And they're looking for the kingdom. And Jesus, we spoke to the demons, and we rebuked the demons, and we cast the demons out. They were scared of us. You know what Jesus said? I saw it. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He said, boys, don't rejoice because the demons were cast out. Rejoice 
that their names were written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, what was Jesus saying? Jesus saying, listen, every time you, you taught and every time a soul was saved, every single time a soul was saved, I saw Satan fall from heaven. Every single time, listen, every Sunday, the reason we moved the baptistry where you couldn't really see it but on the screen, and the reason, because many of you ask, why don't we put the baptistry on the stage so that you can see it live, so you can see it in person? Because every single time a soul is saved, Satan falls. Every single time a soul is saved, uh, the gates of hell begin to, to crash you and I are in a battle. Why should you and I seek to be good soldiers? Because this, this war is real against sin, against Satan, against the souls of men and women. That's the motive. Let's talk about the marks. Let's talk about the characteristics. And there are many characteristics, I believe the Bible teaches, of being a good soldier in God's army. But let me just mention three. I believe the Bible teaches, in fact, I believe this text teaches, the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, that a good soldier must be willing to suffer, must be willing to suffer. Notice what it says there in verse number three, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I believe that when you enlist in God's army, you need to understand you're going to suffer. When you join the military today at our nation, when you sign up, listen, you ought to know you're going to suffer. One of the things that you're going to suffer is maybe from a lack of sleep. Because when you join our nation's military, your schedule no longer becomes your schedule, but it becomes their schedule. And a lot of men and women join the military and boy, they realize early on they've got to get up a little bit earlier than they thought they'd have to get up. And they've got to go places and do things and endure things they didn't really, maybe didn't fully sign up for. But you have to suffer. You just know that when you sign up, that's a part of being a good soldier. You're going to have to suffer. It may be discipline. It may be your schedule. It may be, as we've seen in our own nation more recently, you may be shipped overseas. You may have to endure hot temperatures. You may have to travel down some roads in which bombs have been planted seeking to kill you. You may risk your life every single day. Listen, you may suffer, but that's what it is to be a part of the army, the military. Now, I've never served. I, I wanted to serve. I shared that with you. But I've talked to enough people to know that uh, my understanding is that when you you join the uh, you join the military. They 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 you are part of something called boot camp, and there's usually a person there that's a drill sergeant, and they talk real kind to you and real nice to you and sweet talk you. Of course, you know they don't do that, but they say something like this: "You thought you belonged to your mama, but from this day forward, your so and so belongs to me." Now, I'm saying it in a nice way, but you know how they say it. And that, that's true, isn't it? Now, listen to me. When you enlisted in God's army, it wasn't a draft. You enlisted. But when you turned from sin and selfishness and you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'll tell you what God said. 
God said, you now belong to me because you were bought with a price. And you need to be willing to suffer because I may, I may change your schedule. I may have you go some places that you might not normally go. I may have you do some things that you might not normally do. I may call you to risk your life, but you're going to do it as a good soldier because you belong to me. You see, I think a good soldier has to be willing to suffer. Number two, I think that a good soldier has to be willing to stay focused Notice what it says in the first part of verse number four. Verse number four, it says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. That actually reminds me of Philippians chapter three when Paul says, you know, this one thing I do, I have my mind on the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Not a hundred things, but one thing. What is a good soldier? A good soldier has to, has to stay focused Stay focused on the mission. That's one of the things that I feel like God's been saying to me in my life personally more recently. I think that God's been saying to Alan for Alan to be more focused. And I really believe this not only true of my own life, but I believe of our church. You're going to be receiving next week, in the next couple of weeks, our, our Christmas Advent devotional. And as we've done for the last several years, you and I are going to just walk through that together through the Christmas season. I'll teach on it on Sundays, and we'll read daily and pray together. It's a wonderful thing. I love that we do that every December. But in January, our new year, I want us to be more focused. In fact, I'm going to teach in January on practically what it looks like to live on mission. To understand that regardless of your career, regardless of your vocation, God has a purpose. And God has a plan for you as a child of God, and that is for you to live intentionally focused on mission. And I'm going to help you be able to do that. Well, the third thing is that I believe a good soldier has to be willing to submit has to be willing to submit. Look at all of, all of verse number four. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. I love that. I mean, that really is the aim, isn't it? To please the one who enlisted. The best soldier is the one who does his job. Listen, here's what the Bible tells you. I love this. <clears throat> this imagery of God's army and you and I being a part of God's army, it's really all throughout the scripture. Revelation chapter 19, you know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that Jesus himself is the captain of God's army. And in Revelation chapter 19, the Bible says at the end of time, the captain of God's army, the Lord Jesus himself, our commander in chief, is gonna be riding in from heaven on a white horse. Guess who's with him? The army, of, the, the army of heaven, which is me and you, and we're going to ride in with him. And there's going to be a great battle, a great war, the battle of Armageddon. And we're going to fight along with our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus. Can I go ahead and tell you what happens? We win. We win. You know what's going to happen? Jesus is going to speak 
and of the earth. Do you know how this whole world began? A word. You know how it's going to end? A word. And so you and I have to surrender. We've got to follow. We need to do that which pleases him. I think one of the worst things that can happen for a soldier is for that soldier who's been given an assignment, who's been given a post, to abandon the post. To leave. To go AWOL. So let's just get personal again for a moment. There are, there are some of you here this morning, you've been given an assignment, you've been given a post, you've been given a gift. We've been studying the spiritual gifts on Wednesday nights. You've been given a gift, but you haven't been serving. You've left your post. Somewhere along the way, you, you left your post. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I'm so glad that you're able to hear this truth to remind you, to, for the Lord himself to, to say to you, for your commander-in-chief to say to you this morning, it is time for you to get back on your post. It is time for you to get back on duty. If you have the gift of teaching, teach. If you have the gift of giving, give. If you have the gift of leading, then lead. And we're all commanded to bear witness and encourage and invite. Then we need to get back on duty. Get back on course. God is going to get the job done. But he's going to do it through people who are submissive to his will. The last thing that I want you now to see very, very briefly is what I want to call the mandate. The mandate of a good soldier. And the mandate is simply this. It's that latter part of verse number four where it says that every soldier seeks to please the one who enlisted him. Now look up here. Here's the goal. The goal for Alan is simply every day to please my commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus. That's how I, you know, you know here's what you and I, every single morning, every single morning we should get up and it should look something like this. Captain Jesus, this is Private Alan Floyd reporting for duty. What would you have me do? What are the orders that you have for me today? Now let me give you a very serious scripture as we wrap things up. In the book of Ezekiel in chapter 3, in verse 17 and 18, it says this. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. And whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give them no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life, and that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, they will, but his blood I will require at your hand. Now, this is what the Lord's saying. Here's what you need to understand that is at stake. The soul of every man, every woman, heaven or hell, that's what's at stake. And if you don't warn them, if you don't warn them, if you don't tell them, if they die and go to hell, it's on them. It's their sin. It's their rejection. It's their rebellion. But if you didn't warn them, their blood is on your hands. As a reminder, this battle is real. I read this week 
I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army, and I enlisted for eternity. I will either retire in this army at the rapture, or I will die in this army, but I will not get out or sell out, or be talked out. I am faithful, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am here. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I don't need to be pampered, pepped up, primed up, pumped up, or picked up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or to lure me. I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in place, saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, candies, cards. I am a soldier. I don't need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt so bad as to turn me around. I can't be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I can't lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me to his army, I had nothing. And if at the end I have nothing, I will still be ahead. And I will win. My God will supply all my needs. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph, and I can do all things through Christ. I am a soldier. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot delusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot silence me, and hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls from this battlefield, he will promote me to a captain, and then he'll bring me back to rule this world with him. I am a soldier, and I am marching, claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier, and I am heaven-bound. I am a soldier. Private Alan Floyd reporting for duty. Are you in the army? Are you in God's army? Are you striving to be a good soldier? The invitation this morning is if you've not enlisted, I encourage you to enlist. If you've left your post, it's time to get back on duty. There's a war to fight, there's battles to win. And their souls that need to be saved. Amen. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You and I sing, you and I pray. Then, Lord Jesus, build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Build your church. Let's pray together. Would you bow your head? The invitation is simple. Pastors are going to be standing forward. They love to pray with you, love to help you, love to encourage you. It could be that you need this very morning to enlist in God's army. Make that decision today.
have just enough courage to stand up, step out, come to a pastor. If you just say to the pastor, I want to be in God's army, that's all you have to say, we'll take care of the rest. All you need is just enough courage to step out. It may be you love Cottage Hill, but you're not a member. Listen, God has incredible things for the army, this army, this platoon here at Cottage Hill. And you ought to be a part of it. You could come to one of these pastors this morning and say, I want to I make Cottage Hill my base of operations. You come. You come today. You may need prayer. Listen, we'd love to pray with you. Love to pray for you. Count it an honor. Let's stand together as I lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next moments, God, I pray for courage for these who need to enlist. I pray this morning for those who have been entrusted with a gift, who've been given a purpose, a position, but they left their post. I pray that this very day they would commit to come back serve again. Lord, I pray for those who've been wounded, who've been wounded in the battle. I pray, I pray healing. I pray for those who've been sidelined. They would be able to get back on the front line. So Lord, as we respond to the word that we've heard this morning, as we respond to the prompting the prodding of your Holy Spirit God I pray for obedience Lord every good soldier just obeys I pray we would be obedient this morning in Jesus name